Welcome, everybody. Here we are, fellers. Welcome. Fellers. Glad to have you fellers with us today. Mm. How y'all doing? Splendid. 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 Yeah. I noticed you had your Panther shirt on this morning early, uh, yeah. and then you don't have it on now. What well, happened? I wore that to the gym this morning, so I wasn't going to wear it now. <laughs> bold move to wear that to the gym today. <laughs> well, I'm a bold fan. Yes, you are. Even when it doesn't call for it. <laughs> Very good. Very good. <laughs> oh, man. Well, welcome to the podcast again. As uh, you can tell, we don't ever know where we're going to go with this thing. I love it. Kicked right. off a new series this Is week. It my turn to talk. <laughs> I'm going to play the ping pong ball today, and I'm just going to go back and forth like this. We did indeed kick off a new series called ID. Yep. So, uh, taking on this issue. So many people struggle there, and we just want to help people. That's all. Yeah. Um, kind of, you, you mentioned about how this was originally not uh, the first message uh, that you were going to come mm -hmm. at it with, and there mm -hmm. was a little bit of a uh, uh, a stirring in your spirit this past week to make a make an adjustment. And a stirring, <laughs> you like? I, I got some phrasing for this week. That's old school, right there. <laughs> no, uh, just uh, you know, really feeling before we dive into this topic, really heavy, uh, that we wanted to make sure our hearts were right. Mm -hmm. uh, remember you sure saying this past week. And man, I thought that that was such a great way for us to approach uh, approach this topic, and really any topic, but specifically as we're going into talking about ID, um, getting a chance to uh, make sure we're focusing on, in the right direction first. Yep, so important. I said it over the weekend, but anytime you're going to talk to a person or mentor or challenge a person, you really need to make sure you've got Jesus' heart for that person first. Before you go in blasting them with facts and your opinions and how you see the world and what you want them to do, et cetera. Uh, you better get Jesus' heart for them. Right. Because when you have his heart for them, the right things tend to come out of your mouth mm. and uh, you, you handle the situation well when you genuinely care about the person. And I think that's what we see in the story of John 8. You have the religious leaders who really cared nothing. We talked about the woman who was uh, caught you know, in sexual sin, and they mm -hmm. drug her out on the street. And you have these religious leaders who didn't care a bit about this woman and her actual situation. They were just using her to prove a point, right? using her to try to stir up something. And it's, I guess it's easy for us as Christians, shouldn't be, but uh, a lot of people do it. They, they just, they fail to see the humanity in people who are struggling even though they themselves have struggled before. When it can be so easy to just say, this is my side, you know, like, and pick a side, and you really do, you erase the, the humanity side of things. Mm -hmm. And so I love that you started, I, the way I would say it is, you really started just showing us, this is the heart of Jesus for people, mm -hmm. regardless of what your yeah. thing is and their thing is. Yeah. So I love that that's how we kicked this off. Yeah. Well, um, like I said, that wasn't where I was going to start this, but uh, as I prayed about it through the week, I just couldn't get comfortable. Not that the message I had uh, was bad, because no. hopefully we'll get to hear that this week. We'll <laughs> see. But uh, I think that's where we're going this week. But uh, God just really needed to get our hearts right. Mm -hmm. Using this using this story, uh, it's, man, it's such a powerful il illustration for us uh, to see how Jesus responds in the moment. Uh, 
when when you're right, uh, the religious leaders they, they bring this woman out, uh, you know, after having caught her, and <laughs> you bring you bring it out every time you use this one. Kind of the, the peeping tom preachers that are <laughs> that are there. <laughs> what were they doing? Waiting outside the door? I mean, just looking through the window, waiting on this woman to mess up. But I mean, they, you know, I think they likely cased this situation out, right? And followed the guy or the woman to wherever they were going. They kind of knew what was happening and yep. kind of followed them there. That's my guess on it. It's just totally a guess too. I, I, I guess that's the way this would have worked in their day. Well, one of my big questions is, where's the guy? <laughs> He's absent. <laughs> where's, where's he at in all this? Anyways, it's got nothing to they do. They told him to run away. <laughs> run away. Get out of here. You don't really, be part this, of this. You talk about uh, an unjust situation in those days, and it, it's probably been true in modern times more often than not that the guy gets away mm. free and he runs off, and uh, the woman's held to account for that. That's just wrong. That might be a story for a different day. <laughs> yes, that's a different yeah. podcast right there. Well, yep. Yeah. But uh, but they but they move me along. That's the way it's right. supposed to work. Get me to the right subject. Thank you. Aren't you up there on the platform with me now? Because <laughs> you don't pay attention to hand signals in the back. <laughs> <laughs> But they, they they catch this woman. Having and, glasses uh, has its benefits. Yeah, I can't uh, see all that. They catch this woman. They bring her out before Jesus, and the penalty <laughs> is is that she should be stoned to death. Right? I mean, that's kind of the, the way that the law was written. Yep. And uh, and you're right. They they've got no they've got no love lost for this for this woman. They've got no relationship with her. They've got no uh, no no desire to see anything good happen to her. It's she's really just a a pawn in their scheme to try to try to catch Jesus or trick him or do something along the way there. And I often wonder times if we don't sometimes fall into the same category about we are so focused on making our point as followers of Christ that we become so focused on being right and proving the fact that the way that we view this situation from a biblical standpoint that we, that we are right, that we forget that, man, there are people that are struggling at this point or there are people who are becoming a casualty of our desire to prove a point. I think it's there's a cultural thing going on right now that as a culture, the culture likes seeing people being proved wrong, mm -hmm. especially people we disagree with. Yeah. I've mentioned it 10 times, but the so-and-so owns somebody on <laughs> right. video. I'm a sucker for that, man. <laughs> I want to see somebody get owned. You know, I like it when they prove a point. And you've got these brilliant news commentators who are really smart, you know, guys and ladies who, who are just so smart and they can just tie somebody up in an argument, you know, and there's a part of us that's like, yeah, get them, you know, prove them wrong. Right. Oh, that's just not a win. I mean, I understand the idea of, of ideas and the idea of, helping people understand and processing through the intellectual side of it and the arguments, but sometimes we lose sight that we're we're out here to win people. And mm -hmm. I think if you win somebody's heart, you've really moved in the right direction with that person. If you could just win their heart, you know, let them know you care. Let them know you're another human being. You uh you talked about what Jesus did and what Jesus did not do in this situation with, with the woman. And the first thing that you, you had made mention of was the fact that Jesus did not bring condemnation he in, did not. into the scenario. You know, he, no. didn't, he didn't join in to the mob. He didn't join in to the religious leaders' conversation there and trying to, and trying to prove this point. And so you know, that being our response of it's not, it's not our role. It's not our job to bring condemnation into, into a scenario or into a situation, uh, specifically as we're talking about this subject when it comes to individuals who are struggling with their identity. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's not, that's, 
that's not our role in this is to bring about that. It's never our role. Ultimately, that person, every person will stand before God. And the question asked of them uh, will not be a lot of questions we might ask. It'll simply be the determining factor of their standing for eternity hmm. will be, did you receive Christ? Right. Did you follow Him? Did you believe in Him? Hmm. Uh, did He transform your heart and life? Uh, that ultimately will be the test of that. And it's not our role to condemn anybody. Only God can do that. Well, I love that picture of of Jesus stooping down and just drawing the sand. I love your version of the story. <laughs> I'm not sure if I... <laughs> I love that moment. It's like, did he really just sit there and write names down or the things that they've done or just started listing out sins that they'd all, you know, that they'd all committed at some point? And I think that it's so easy for us to go, I don't have that thing, I have this thing, that's a, which has got a different weight to it somehow in our minds. And I think you pointed it out over the weekend, just like we've all fallen short. If perfection was that standard, we've all missed it. But for some reason, we come in with condemnation. And I, I, I don't know why that's an easier place to jump into for some reason. Mm. I think everybody has identity struggles of some type. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it may not be sexuality for, for many people, but there are other things that really afflict us all. Life's tough. Yep. When you're a child in this world, and, and we'll probably talk about this this week, it, it often happens to people when they're children, when they're really small. Mm -hmm. You know, things get said about them, to them, over them that are not true, not helpful. When you're a child, you have no way to filter that well. You just, you believe the people that are saying it, you know, and you can't handle it. And so many times that produces these identity struggles of, of all kinds. So we all have struggles in that area or have had. There's just, there's no room for pointing fingers at others. I think, boy, this would be, uh, this would be a, a little bit of a slightly, uh, more acceptable conversation, it seems like, if all of us would come at it from that vantage point, that all of us have struggled with identity on some level. Um, sure. Struggled with and trying to answer that question, who, I, who am I? Um, and then coming at it from a biblical uh, standpoint, regardless of where you struggle with that on, on, on the scale, whether it, be, uh, whether it be sexuality or whether it be something that was spoken over to you as a child or, or anywhere and in between, man, that we all came from that place of, yeah, I have, or maybe I, I still do, man. Still so many adults struggle with knowing who they are and discovering who they are in Christ. It's real. You know, I said this maybe in one of the services yesterday, but um, we tend to get these big groups of people, and they're faceless to us. They're just the groups, like the transgender people. You know, you say that, or the gay people, or the lesbian people, whoever it is. We create these big groups, and they're faceless. They're just groups. And we hear about them on the news or read about them on the web or wherever it is. And we fail to understand that all of them are individual people who have a soul. Mm -hmm. And um, I try to tell people, and I try to live it out myself, to not fight these things over the internet or social media. Uh, sit down at a table with somebody who deals with that and look into their eyes, look into their soul and recognize that person has tremendous value before God. Mm -hmm. and recognize as well that that person's had some very real struggles that have caused this. Nobody wants that. 
I've talked to some transgender people, you know, who have transition and all that. They didn't want this in their life. They didn't start out just wanting to, many of them, they don't, they don't even want to be seen or heard. They just are really deep down struggling with something. And uh, sometimes sitting down at a table with them and just talking gives you a whole lot of mercy. Yeah. It really does. Not, not everybody who struggles with identity, sexuality, whatever it may be, is militant wanting to take over the world with it and force it upon everybody else. There's right. some people who just quietly and desperately struggle with this issue. And uh, Jesus Christ brings hope to this issue. He does every time. He brings hope wherever. I said it. When he walks into a room, life and hope comes into the room and healing comes into the room. That's what we're trying to bring across. Yeah. Yeah. That's ultimately, I mean, uh, <laughs> it's ultimately what happened with, with Jesus in this situation. He didn't look at this woman and see her as a group of people. He saw her as an individual and... He brought mm -hmm. compassion into the situation, into a scenario where nobody else was showing her any kind of compassion. She was just the pawn that was being used in that particular moment. She was nameless. She was faceless to the religious crowd. But Jesus looked at her and saw her as that individual and had compassion on her. He did. So When we introduce people to Jesus, He does all kinds of things that we can't do. And that's our role. Our role is to introduce people to Him to show people who he is and get them to open their hearts to him. You know, uh, really only the Holy Spirit can do that. We're called to be witnesses. We're called to tell the world he's risen. We're called to point to him, to live his kingdom life on this earth. If we can just get people in touch with him, he can do incredible things that we can't do by arguing or by persuasive words or clever sermons yeah. or whatever we try to do. Jesus can do things. I've seen him reveal himself to people without my help many times. Hmm. That's good. I, I also, I love over the weekend how you talked about compassion and like it's the idea that compassion and love for a person also requires truth. And I love how you really, you made a distinction between just knowing the facts and sharing facts with people and what truth really is and compassion. Uh, just. I'm curious how that hit you this week or if that's something you've been wrestling through for a while or I've always one of the things I've talked about a lot over years of ministry speaking the truth in love hmm. you know we one of our values at Upward is authentic relationships and that's what that means to us speaking truth in love um, telling people what you really believe but doing it in love telling people what you find in the scriptures and what Jesus means and the things he calls us to stand for, you know, being honest about that, but doing it with an attitude of genuinely caring about the person. Uh, that's something I've talked about for a long time. And I used to see kind of truth and love just pulled at each other from side to side. And conceptually, you know, you can conceptualize truth and love and all that. All that's bundled into Jesus. And Jesus brings those two things together in one. He is truth. He is love. And you can't really have one without the other. You, you can't have love without truth, you know. Right. If I love you and you're doing something that destroys your life, and I have and I'm given the opportunity to help you with that and you want it, and I don't tell you about it, that's not love. Mm. If I know there's a cure for something that you have or say you're sick and I know there's a something that will help you or you're struggling in something, if I hide it, I don't love you. 
Christians get their mind around that one fairly easily. The one that we don't get our mind around to as well, there's, there's not really truth without love. There's not really truth without love. I remember way back in a, in a philosophy class I took, they, I never did get my mind around it, and I'm not sure I still have it around. But we, we talked about the difference between facts and truth. If something is factual, does that mean it is the truth? You know, uh, And this may be far more than we can handle in a podcast. <laughs> okay. But truth has to be much more than facts. Jesus said, I am the truth. It's not just that Jesus is the facts of things that actually happened or existed. It's, it's the love that's in there with it that makes it true. Hmm. That doesn't mean we water down the facts. That doesn't mean we get out of touch with the reality. It certainly doesn't mean we stray from the Bible, from God's Word. But there has to be that love there for it to be Jesus. Hmm. I think that's a really powerful thing that you just said there. I think we as Christians can get caught up in sharing facts. And we do so in the idea of that I love you, so I'm going to share the facts. But there is a whole different ballgame in there, as you've just laid out for us, that speaking truth is not just sharing facts. Um, Man. Let's say you're talking to a person. We'll get in the meat of it. Um, You're talking to a person who has an identity struggle. They, They really believe themselves to be a gender opposite what their biology is, right? Mm -hmm. Rather than just starting to hammer them with things, with science and with the Bible, and please don't get me wrong, I'm not saying don't use Bible verses or anything (laughs) like that, right? but there's some time needed to talk with that person, to listen to them. Love listens to them. It just doesn't go in spouting a bunch of stuff, to listen to that person. And I've found if if you let a person talk enough and build enough relationship, they will they will begin to tell you their pain and their struggle and you'll start to get a sense of where that's coming from and then you'll be able to speak Jesus into that you know yeah so many people i've heard so many stories for instance um a young lady who was uh dressing as a man you know <clears throat> and people would just call her names tomboy and whatever they call, you know, and all that kind of thing. And that's so unhelpful. When somebody's struggling, so unhelpful. And we're going to talk about narrow gender stereotypes, you know, and how they contribute to this sometimes. But um, I remember one in particular whose whole issue was uh, she'd been abused by a man when she was really, really young. And uh, for her, dressing like a man became the way to protect that protect herself from that happening again, right? Yeah. When you start understanding that, the compassion of Jesus can't help but rise up within you. You know? You don't compromise what you believe. You don't compromise what the Scripture says. But now you've got a genuine human being who you see had a real struggle. And the Holy Spirit, if He lives in you, can minister through you to that hurt. Because the whole goal of this is not, you know, the whole goal of this is not to get, I'm trying to say this well, because you danger of ticking off either side when you say this. The goal of this is not to, to get a guy who's wearing a dress to wear pants. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. That's, that's not my goal. Right. The goal is ultimately this much deeper than clothes or hair or hormones or anything else is the wound down deep in their spirit. And oftentimes the the efforts to change are are people trying to come to peace with something that's really broken inside of them, you know? And and the invitation I think there is 
be willing to push past that, that false peace and that false assurance you're getting. Push past that and let Jesus get down deep into those deep, dark, broken areas and bring healing to your heart. And if you get what's in here right, all the other takes care of itself. I almost feel it. I think we talk about it a lot, but I think it's good, like the idea of that void that we all have mm -hmm. or have had. And I think despite the things that we try to put in there, you know, it's different for me than it, it is for other people. At the end of the day, we, we search for all the facts that might help us fill that. But it almost seems like we're saying, really, we should be looking for the truth, you know. And then when we have found it, how do we point people towards that truth? Who has, because mm -hmm. we know the truth to be Jesus. He has mm -hmm. filled that void. And we believe he can do that in others. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's powerful. I hope that's what people get coming out of this. I did not want to get into this series so that myself and you guys and Upper Christian Fellowship could just really feel good about ourselves that we laid down the law and, and did all that. Um, I wanted to genuinely speak the healing of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit into some brokenness that people have and some struggles that people have. I also want to help parents deal with their children's struggles. I want to help people deal with their issues on the workplace and how to approach this issue as a Christian. And uh, God's going to help us do that. Yep. Yeah. He is. It's going to be good. going to be good next couple of weeks. Let's pray for somebody right now. Somebody might be watching this that really struggles down inside. Let's take a minute and pray. Can we do that? If you're there right now and watching and you struggle with this, I want you to feel and hear the heart of Jesus right now that He has for you. He loves you deeply, died for you, gave His life for your healing. And uh, our efforts here are not to... Uh, not to get you to, I don't know how to say it, our efforts are not just to change you into what we want you to be. Um, you're not a, a notch on our pistol somewhere or a check mark in a box. For us, uh, you're a human being that Jesus loves. And uh, the invitation for you is just to ask Him to come in and, and heal you deeply in places that you might not rather He even mess with, places you've covered up that uh, you'd rather just keep covered up. I wonder if you would trust Jesus enough. You may not even believe in Christ. I'd ask you to pray a very bold prayer. Jesus, if you're real out there, show yourself to me. And He will. Some of you, uh, probably church people, you may be Christians, and you're there and you've struggled with this so long, afraid somebody will find out. I just ask you to invite Jesus to come into that place in your life that's hurt so deeply and heal you from things that you've covered up. Just invite him in. Jesus, thank you for everybody listening here today. Thank you for the privilege to uh, share some time with them. Uh, we want them to know you. We want them to find the truth, God. We want them to hear your heart. And we want them to be healed and whole in you. And I pray for them today that as they listen to this time together, watch this time we have together, that your spirit will be right in that room with them right now to wrap your arms around them, to show your presence to them, to assure them that you're going to walk on a journey with them to complete healing, that they can be the person you made them to be and not the person the culture, the abuser, the accuser has tried to shape them to be. I thank you for that freedom over them. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. All right, y'all. Thanks for being with us today. What a joy it is to be together with y'all. And we'll see you again next time. We're going to do this again next week. Woo-hoo. That's what they tell me. See you soon. <laughs>